today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Why would God distinguish and delineate between the good figs and the bad figs? These were God's people. The ones left behind were not. They'd already rejected the Lord. They'd already sealed their fate. It's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God does not take delight in punishing the wicked. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Jeremiah. Today, you'll learn about how God pulled the best people out of Israel to be rebuked and rebuilt so they could be stronger in their faith. In the vision of the figs, God takes away the good figs so that they can grow and not be choked out by the bad figs. Today, Pastor J.D. reminds you to hold steady, be faithful, and be like the good figs. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 24, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. We're currently in Jeremiah, chapter 24 and 25. Of course, 24 is kind of short, but very good stuff once again. So why don't we pray, and we'll ask God to bless our time together, if you would join with me, please. Father in heaven, thank you so much. Lord, we are just so grateful to you. I know that sounds kind of hollow sometimes, but you know our hearts, you know the gratitude and just the love and the thanksgiving that we have, Lord. We're so thankful for this time that we have together and come to this place and open up our Bibles and put aside all the stress and pressure of our busy lives. And Lord, you just minister to us. And oh, we just need you to minister to us and speak to us, Lord, as only you can and always do. And we know that you will. That's why we're here. So Lord, would you speak and speak clearly when you do in that still small voice, of the Holy Spirit, even that which we don't necessarily want to hear, our flesh just kind of chafes against it, but we need to hear. So Lord, thank you. Thank you in advance for what you're going to do in our time together in your word, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, so these two chapters have as a common theme those times in life when the Lord deems it necessary to discipline and chasten us, give us a spiritual spanking. Have you ever heard it said like that? I have, and I have the scars to prove it, by the way. But as we're about to see, the Lord, through the prophet Jeremiah, is going to explain, and sometimes it's pretty graphic and pretty intense, but He's going to explain how it is, why it is, and even when it is, that God will deem it necessary 
to discipline and chastise his people. Um, I want to say before we jump in a couple things. First, that you guys are troopers. (laughs) I know this study through the book of Jeremiah has been hard at times and tough and convicting. If you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, there are times where you just kind of walk away from this thing just so, not, not condemned, but just convicted. I mean, the Lord is searching your heart, and I mean, it's, it's a good conviction. And the way you can know the difference between condemnation and conviction is that conviction draws you closer to the Lord, and condemnation distances you further away from the Lord. That's the litmus test. Because see, the devil wants to condemn you. Why? Because he wants to distance you from the Lord. But the conviction of the Holy Spirit is such that it will draw you near to the Lord, because the Lord is convicting you and drawing you to Him in that conviction. So I know it's been very convicting, very hard, tough, but good, a good tough. But in that, I also pray that it's been encouraging. And I know that sounds like a paradox, but Hebrews 12, you know this well, we actually finished our study through Hebrews not too long ago, but verses 5 and 6, the writer of Hebrews says, and you have forgotten that word of encouragement, encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. Some of your translations render it, don't despise it when the Lord disciplines you. And do not lose heart when He rebukes you. And here's why, verse 6, because the Lord disciplines those He loves and He punishes everyone He accepts as a son. Is that not what we do as parents? In fact, we even tell our children when we're disciplining them, I I do this because I love you. Stop loving me then. (laughs) We We can both be spared of this trauma when you discipline me. Or how about this one? You, like, like our children believe it when we say it to them when they're young. This is going to hurt me a lot more than it's going to hurt you. Really? I don't think so. Uh, listen, why don't we both not get hurt here? <laughs> I don't want you, to, if it's going to hurt you more than it's going to hurt me, I know it's going to hurt me. Hey, let's just spare both of us of the hurt that is going to ensue. No, this is, it, here's the thing, the, this is how you know that you're his child. You mean, c- can't we just get like a certificate or a plaque, I'm a child of God, signed God. No, this is how you're going to know that you belong to him. He chastises and disciplines you. And think about it, right, as parents, how do you know that child is that parent's child? Because they discipline them. Because nobody who's not the parent is going to discipline that child. Don't try. That won't end well for you. I mean, there's been times, right, where you've wanted to give, that kid needs a good spanking. Their parents need to, listen. (laughs) Well, anyway, man, talk about conviction. That's how you know. 
And we're going to see that now with Judah. And it's going to be very interesting, the imagery that we're going to see that God shows to Jeremiah concerning those whom God disciplines in Judah, and perhaps more importantly, those whom He does not. I think that's the greater lesson and takeaway. It's not so much that God disciplines us. The problem should be, and we should worry when God doesn't, because that means that we're not His. So when the Lord disciplines you and chastises you, it's because He loves you. That's how you know He loves you. Now Proverbs 3 verse 12, these these are one of those Proverbs that you don't warm up to. It says, for whom the Lord loves, He corrects. See, I would much rather it said something like, for whom the Lord loves, He blesses and prospers. That's how you know the Lord loves you. He's just blessing you. And pro- no, He corrects you. That's how you know, just as a father, the son, in whom He delights. You, you know the Proverbs, spare the rod, ruin the child. If you refuse to discipline your child, you're party to their death. And if you really think about it, if you don't discipline your children, you know what you're saying? I don't care. I don't love you. Go ahead. Go ahead. I love you enough to correct you and discipline you and chastise you. Now we need this foundation before we jump in here because absent this understanding, there's going to be a misunderstanding of what we're about to read in these two chapters. So with that, let's jump in. You ready? We're going to need to roll up our spiritual arm sleeves, as it were, for this. So buckle up. Verse 1, the Lord showed me, and there were two baskets of figs set before the temple of the Lord, after Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had carried away captive Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and the princes of Judah, with the craftsmen and smiths from Jerusalem, and had brought them to Babylon. One basket, verse 2, had very good figs, like the figs that are first ripe. And the other basket had very bad figs, which could not be eaten, they were so bad. Then, verse 3, the Lord said to me, what do you see, Jeremiah? And I said, figs, the good figs, very good, and the bad, very bad, (laughs) which cannot cannot be eaten, they are so bad. Again, verse 4, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, like these good figs, so will I acknowledge those who are carried away captive from Judah. Hang on to that. Whom I have sent out of this place, listen, for their own good. Boy, that's, have you heard that one before? This is for your own good. Really? Yeah. Into the land of the Chaldeans. Okay, now we need to (laughs) 
kind of work through this before we go any further. We have one of the main reasons the Lord disciplines us, and it's that of being for our own good. And we're going to see that next here in verse 4. For I will set my eyes on them for good, and I will bring them back to this land. Now wait a minute. So the good figs are the ones who are taken away? Yeah. And the very bad figs are the ones that remain in Judah? Shouldn't it be the other way around? Well, let's read on. I will build them, speaking of the good figs, and not pull them down, and I will plant them and not pluck them up. Then, verse 7, I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God, for they shall return to me with their whole heart. Lesson learned. Discipline worked. This was for their own good, as hard as it was, being carried away, taken captive into Babylon. No, it's, it's for your own good. I'm disciplining you. I'm, I'm teaching you a lesson. I'm chastising you. And I'm going to bring you back when the lesson's been learned and I'm going to restore you, and I'm going to restore your heart towards me, your heart to know me, and you will be my people, and I will be your God when you return to me with your whole heart. Wow. What about the people that were left behind? Verse 8, and as the bad figs, which cannot be eaten, they are so bad. Surely, thus says the Lord, so will I give up Zedekiah, the king of Judah, his princes, the residue of Jerusalem who remain in this land, and those who dwell in the land of Egypt. Okay, so let me see if I got this straight. Now understand, there were, over a course of time, three invasions. It wasn't just one event. When the Babylonians came and took away captive the Israelites into Babylon. It happened over a course of time, three different times. And what's interesting is, as was the custom in that day, when they would come and take captive a people, they would always take the cream of the crop, the best of the best. I'm going to give you a name here in a moment, like Daniel. And their new names that were given to them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What was the phrase I heard? Uh, oh, I hope I don't botch it. It was so good. Um, brain drain, they always, oh, that's horrible. I think that's it though. They, they would take the ones that were of most value captive. I mean, they're not, <laughs> I hope this doesn't come off wrong. Think about this. They're not going to take the least and the last. No, they want to take the, 
the best of the best, the talented, the the ones with a skill set. They want to take them captive first. They're the first pick and take them captive because they're going to use them. And that's exactly what they did. Isn't that interesting? So now picture this, put yourself there. You're in Judah and here comes the Babylonians. Oh, they're, they're back. Third time now. Last time they took uncle and cousin Daniel and brother. They took brother. <laughs> okay, sorry. And now they're coming back. And you know, but I'm still here. Whew. Wow, I was spared. Not so fast. You actually want them to take you captive. Because they did not take you, you're a bad fig. That's the picture. That's what he's saying. You, you got to know, put yourself there. You're left behind. Everyone you know has been taken captive. Third round draft pick, and you weren't picked. And you think, wow, I, I made it, I survived, or whatever. Actually, you really wanted to be taken, because it was the ones that were taken, the good figs that were taken and chastised and disciplined because of God's love for them. So apparently, by virtue of the fact that you were not taken and that you were left behind, that's very telling. Don't despise it when the Lord disciplines you. It's a good thing, and it's for your good, this good thing. You want the Lord to discipline you. You want the Lord to teach you a lesson. You don't want to be left to yourself. Well, verse 9, it gets worse. I will deliver them, speaking of the bad figs left behind, to trouble into all the kingdoms of the earth for their harm. Notice the contrast. For the good figs, for their good. For the bad figs, for their harm. To be a reproach and a byword, a taunt and a curse in all places where I shall drive them. And verse 10, I will send the sword, the famine, and the pestilence among them till they are consumed from the land that I gave to them and their fathers. Wow. That's how the chapter ends. So (laughs) it's a powerful principle. Now, why would God distinguish and delineate between the good figs and the bad figs? These were God's people. The ones left behind were not. They'd already rejected the Lord. They'd already sealed their fate. It's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God does not take delight in punishing the wicked. It's always the last resort. God always will do everything and stop at nothing to avoid having to do this. But when people force his hand, he will not force himself on people. 
Romans 1 is very chilling in this regard. We're told that God gives them over. It's kind of like, okay, your mind is made up, your heart is hardened, your fate is sealed, you've made your choice, you've rejected me, I'm not going to force myself on you. So I'm just going to give you over to your wickedness. And that's the reason. The people that were taken captive were the people that God knew He could restore, and He would have to do so by way of chastising and disciplining them. Chapter 25, verse 1. Now, real quick preface here. As I'm sure you know by now, the book of Jeremiah is not in chronological order. It's ordered by way of the lessons to be learned from the passages of Scripture that we have. This is why I believe it is that we have a chapter 25 package with a chapter. And by the way, uh, the chapter breaks were not in the original manuscripts. You know that, right? So the chapters and verses were added later. Thank God they were. Could you imagine? Go, go into Jeremiah, the 7,428th word. We'll start there in that sentence. <laughs> no chapter reference, no verse. So I thank God for the chapter. But the chapters and verses are not inspired, is what I'm trying to say. So it's organized that way, and it's very helpful, obviously. And I think God allowed it and ordained it, actually. But the point is, is that this was written in this order, not chronological order, but it was written in the order as to what God was doing with His people. That's why we have these two chapters together like this. So verse 1, the word that came to Jeremiah concerning all the people of Judah, in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, good king by the way, king of Judah, which was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, which verse 2, Jeremiah, the prophet, spoke to all the people of Judah and to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, from the 13th year, a lot of detail here, and for a reason, from the 13th year of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, even to this day, this is the 23rd year in which the word of the Lord has come to me, and I have spoken to you, rising early and speaking, but you have not listened. Hang on to you have not listened for just a moment. Did you listen? <laughs> Hang on to you have not listened. Okay. 23 years, Jeremiah, no way, way. Oh, I'm so glad that God inspired Jeremiah to record the number of years, and here's why. He's been faithfully, faithfully for 23 years. Here's the thing, he's halfway there. What? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's believed that from front to finish, Jeremiah's ministry, unpopular ministry, by the way, was some 40 plus years. So here he is, halftime, <laughs> 23 years. He's been faithful to preach the Word, in season, out of season, regardless of the response, or no response, or bad response that he got. 
Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. If you're enjoying these teachings in the book of Jeremiah, we encourage you to continue following through this series with us and to read on your own, too. God may reveal some things to you that you'll find interesting. In Spirit and Truth is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of In Spirit and Truth, go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're at our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. He also gives prophecy updates weekly that touch on the things happening right now. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Once again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. If you'd like to access any of these things on our mobile app, you can do that too. Go to the Resources tab on our website. You can download from there. That's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Thanks for listening today to this teaching in the book of Jeremiah. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God's been putting on his heart. But until then, be thinking about what you heard today, what it meant for the people then, and what it means for you today in the here and now. Come learn what's coming up next here on In Spirit and Truth. Truth, truth.